0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, hello, this is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And Today, I am excited to be speaking with writer, dating coach, and fitness professional, Trevor Brandon Scharf, about how she became a first-time bride at 50. It's going to be a great conversation. I have been working as a life and dating coach for about 10 years now, and what I have learned is, boy, did I, did I get love and dating wrong for the first 50 years of my life. I really didn't understand the part that I played in the whole dating and relationship world, and it led to me making some pretty unhealthy choices that echoed the relationships of my parents, for example, and the kinds of um, the the you know, just what we what we observe and how we grow up is such an important indicator of the kinds of attachments we have, the ways that we're comfortable in relationships. And until we can really heal that, we keep dating the same person with a different face. So I got sick and tired of dating the same person with a different face. I did the inner work, studied with top professionals. I've been doing this show for five years, which has also brought in my knowledge base. And I love helping people find love. So... Um, I my whole belief is that a woman of value attracts in the love that she wants, the toe-curling epic love that she wants. And every week I bring you a tip on what, what is a woman of value and how you become one. And this week's tip is step number 22, which is forgive yourself and others. I find that people hold on to anger so much, at anger at your ex, anger at your parents, anger at your friends, who did you wrong, and angry at ourselves. We beat ourselves up for things we did, staying too long in a relationship or whatever. Just, we need to stop. And so forgiving doesn't mean condoning. It doesn't mean I say it's okay that somebody treated me terribly. But what you are saying is, I'm going to let go of this taking me down and being a giant weight on my shoulders. So please take that away today. Forgive yourself and others. And before I bring on Trevor, I just wanted to remind you that if you're not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, don't forget the your, please join us. The conversation there is always positive and supportive, and it's a place that's safe for women to come to, women over 40, who want support in dating and relationships. I am a very forward-moving person. I don't believe in wallowing in self-pity and being a victim. Um, So if you're interested in a positive group that is going to support you and help you become the woman of value that you already are, um, join my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. All right, Treva Brandon-Sharp, she is a writer, a dating coach, and a fitness professional. She has over 35 years in the fitness industry and 50 years in the singles world. She helps people achieve peak performance in life and love. I love that. As a first-time bride at 50, she writes about finding love later in life over at her blog, which is called The Late Blooming Bride. She's also a dating advice contributor at the Huffington Post, Hollywood Progressive, Midlife Boulevard, and many others, and Better After 50, where I used to be the president dating expert. She currently hosts the internet radio show, Done Being Single, on Voice America Network with her husband, Robbie Sharf. Join me now for episode number 311. How to Find Love Later in Life with Trevor Brandon Scharf. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. It's so great to be here.
1: Great to have you, another radio host and fellow writer. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I am, you... I'm
0: getting good at the, radio, the live radio thing. I'm, I think I'm a pro now.
1: So oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I first started this show five years ago, it was actually called Courageous Conversations because I was obsessed with healthy communication and really speaking your truth. And one day I was speaking to a consultant who said to me, why not keep your show, you know, branded with your company name? And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of obvious. So I I changed it to Last First State Radio. But I used to think that I was speaking to like a black hole, like nobody was listening and you just don't always get feedback. And now mm-hmm. I get so much feedback and there's there's so many downloads and people are finding me through the show and finding my group and I love it. I, I just love to be able to have a platform like this to bring people like you to our listeners.
0: Thank you so much. So I really feel like uh, it's a community and I feel the same way as you, that I'm... Um, I am helping people uh, through my writing and my blogs, and we, my, me and my husband Robbie, are providing a really um, high-quality service uh, to single people. And mm-hmm. uh, it feels good. It feels like we there's a whole world out there of, of single people that are in need of support, guidance, um, direction, encouragement, and I feel uh, good that, you know, I, it, it, being single all those years, I I cursed it sometimes, and I would yell and, you know, wonder why, why am I still single, why can't I get married, why can't I find a great guy, and, and now it's sort of like, oh, I get it, okay, maybe it was all part of a bigger plan because I have all of this knowledge, I have all this wisdom, that I gained along the way that now I'm able to share.
1: Great. So let's, let's talk about that knowledge. That's a good segue. Because you did learn some great lessons, and I think it's important for our listeners to know, like, what was your journey to finally saying I do when you were 50 years old?
0: It was not um, – well, you know, it's, I want to say that, it, okay, it was part me not being ready. So let's just let's just say it like it is here. I I was not ready for a really long time. In my 30s, not ready to settle down. I I there were things about being single that I really did enjoy. And uh-huh. um and then though when I got into my early 40s, I had a little bit of a delayed um biological clock go off. And I thought, holy shit, I forgot to get married and have a kid. And, <laughs> Um, that's when the panic set in. And so that's when um, my early 40s were tough. Early to late 40s were really, really um, brutal at at times because I um, just could not find – I was getting more and more desperate by the minute, which then um, led me down some bad paths and uh, led me to make bad choices and – I um, just kind of got into one bad relationship after the other, stupid people, uh, you know. And um, so it took me to get to a point in my life where I truly just gave up. I got to, I was right about, I was almost turning 50. Um, I was at a real low point. I wasn't happy with my career. I wasn't married yet, I had no prospects, and then on top of it, I had tried to get pregnant on my own uh, at 43 to about 46, and that was not successful, and in the meantime, I drained my savings and got myself into fertility debt. And So Mm. by the time 49 rolled around and I was on my umpteenth failed relationship, uh, I was, as I'd like to say, it was the perfect storm of despair. Mm. And uh, then something, I don't know, I I turned a corner at some point, so I was totally mired in self-loathing and pity and i hated it cuz i'm like you i um i don't like feeling like a victim and i don't like wallowing so i snapped i managed to snap out of it with some you know help and friends and support and something just kind of lifted And something was the the despair and the sadness and the fail the failure was somehow replaced with uh, resignation, but in a good way, Um, acceptance, and Mm -hmm. uh, just making peace with the fact that okay, here we go. I'm turning fifty, and uh, I am single, and um, I have a choice. I can either continue down this uh, really un- un- unpleasant you know path I was on or I could take control turn the ship around and and start to make peace with my singleness and that's kind of in- that was an interesting turning point for me uh, because right after that or right uh, on the day I turned 50 I had a party for myself because I thought oh, well I'm never getting married so I might as well throw myself the wedding. You know, I'm never going to have. So I threw myself a big party, invited half of Facebook, and one of those guests was a a guy I had met on Facebook, and he showed up to the party, and we ended up getting engaged six months later.
1: (laughs) I love that. So you met him on Facebook through business or something?
0: I met him. We went to the same high school. He's uh, six years older, didn't know him, but we had a lot of mutual friends and he had actually reached out to me uh, right as I was going through uh, a breakup with someone, and about something unrelated—not not having anything to do with, hey, you know, are you single? Do you want to go out? It wasn't like that. It was about it was about a friend of ours, a mutual friend. So we had a little a couple exchanges, and that was it. And then I didn't speak to him or see him, or it was not in my consciousness for a few more months. And then a friend of mine actually ran into him. At the camera store, and it kind of planted a seed uh that he was a nice guy and so when my birthday party you know was coming up, I thought, oh, I'll invite robbie he's he seems like a really nice person, mm-hmm. and at that point, um, I didn't give a shit anymore whether I got married or not it didn't it was off the to do list i didn't care right. i didn't I did not, and so dating him. So once I got rid of, once I stopped being desperate, once I stopped being in constant pursuit, once I took that off, you know, the off my agenda, it freed me. I was free. I was free to enjoy myself, to enjoy, you know, whatever came my way. And this is who walked into my life. And it was uh, a pleasure. Because also, hmm. I, I think I had done so much work on myself that it was no accident that I magnetized someone very healthy into my life. So that was also, I believe, at work, something bigger Mm -hmm. at work there.
1: Yeah, we don't attract healthy until we get healthier because otherwise we just keep going back. And I was just speaking to a client who told me her sister has this boyfriend. Her sister's very controlling, and the boyfriend always says, you're so controlling, you're trying to control me. I said, well, that's great, but what does he do about it? She said, well, he leaves for about a week and then he keeps coming back. And I said, well, there's a there's something very familiar to both of them in this dynamic and they're going to keep repeating it until they both decide that it's not working enough to want to change it. And that's what we do. We we see what's familiar, even if it's painful, it just feels like love and it's not. It's not healthy. So you did a lot of good things. Um, you, you also went from scarcity to abundance. You went from desperation to being self-compassionate, peace with yourself. And I have to say that I just finished, um, I'm finishing up my six-month group coaching program, and each of the women in the program and we were speaking last week all were at this place of peace, of self-acceptance, no desperation, just feeling a sense of calm. And to me, that's like, that's the step before you find love. You know, that is really, there's no sense of anxiety that you bring to the dating world, right?
0: Yeah, none. And, and I think there's an interesting dynamic that, that is at play with men. Uh, when, when you don't, you know, appear to need a guy or you're okay on your own, there is something extremely attractive about that to, to someone um, it's that sense of calmness is that's a very good word to use calmness because I I don't know I can cons- I, I mean I smell neediness a mile away and mm-hmm. I smell oh, yeah, desperation coming right at me it's very not it's not attractive uh, period um, you know yeah. not to mention
1: Right, unless you're codependent and you need unless that to feel you
0: exactly, yes, yes, unless that's yes. what you want and it's a perfect fit. You're a damsel mm-hmm. in distress, and you're a Dudley Do Right, and there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we don't want those relationships. I mean, you know, we may have been stuck in them in the past, but it's so important to do the work to get out of them because they're really never happy relationships in the long run. I mean. It's just a sense of desperation and neediness. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's not just unattractive, it's actually repulsive. And, um, yeah. and, and less people work on that. I mean, I see the anxiety that comes into my group where a man didn't text you back within an hour. And, oh my God, and what's going on? And he didn't call me back in two days. And do you think he likes me? Should I, should I tell him to go to hell? You know, it's like, calm down, get a life. And, mm-hmm. you know, really you got to, you've just got to relax into this and not put so much pressure in the whole dating room. So it sounds like you, you, you really got to that place and Robbie found that really attractive.
0: Yes. And it was, uh, it was so nice and refreshing. It was like no pressure. No, none of the pressure was on. I didn't need to get married and I didn't need to have kids mm-hmm. and that window closed and okay, that's, you know that we don't need to do that, and I don't care. And and it was interesting when he find, when he did in, uh, propose to me. I I was so enjoying just I was just enjoying the ride, you know. Mm-hmm. He first it, 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 before um, he proposed, he said he suggested we move in together, and that. Um, that was like a whole conversation that kind of led to the proposal because i said to him you know thank you um and at the time he was living in downtown la which is a real schlep from where i was um in la i'm in beverly hills and he's i mean it's not that far but far enough that it was you know a big commute and we were also paying two rents and and it made sense, you know, to move in, and I said, no, 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 thank you, very flattered, but uh, I'm good at being single, I'm good at this, I like my life, I like my where I live, I worked really, really hard at getting to this place. <laughs> I can't, I don't want to give it up, and you know, unless I have a firm commitment here. Like, I don't want to go play house at mm-hmm. this age, you know, and it mm. wasn't like an ultimatum, it you know, wasn't I didn't say to him put a ring on it, man. No, yeah. uh, yeah. I just basically just stated what I felt, what my needs were, what I wanted, what I thought I was deserving of, and it was very empowering, I guess, and um, inspiring because he got up from the conversation, went over to uh, his desk. His lo- he was living in a loft at the time. He went over to his office area. I started I heard him kind of rummaging through some sort of a plastic bag and like a grocery bag and I'm thinking to myself, "What are you doing?" And I said, "What are you doing over there?" He said he said, "None of your beeswax." <laughs> so, I thought this is so odd. You just like, you're getting up in the middle of this conversation, which by the way came at the 6-month point, which by the way is the exact time that every single relationship I've pretty much ever had ended. Oh. At 6 months. <laughs> at six months. Mm-hmm. There's something about that six month point where you kind of stop and you reassess and you go, Okay, mm-hmm. evaluate. Are we are we moving forward? Are we where are we going here? So it just so happened that he brought it up at the six month point and I immediately started to hyperventilate or started to choke or started to get sweat because I thought, Oh, this is it, this is goodbye because mm-hmm. if I if I tell him no, thank you to moving in, that means I'm telling him uh, in so many words, I need I need you to commit, and, you know, I need this to be firmer, which always sent guys running for the hills. Mm. So I'm sitting there going, oh, God, this is it. Over, I'm over, you know, goodbye, because I thought there's no way he's going to step up. And, you know, how do, what do you say to that? I need a firm commitment. Well, this is what he did. So he gets up from the couch, he goes over to his office, desk area, comes back i can't imagine what is going on he says close your eyes and i did and he took my right hand and he slipped something over my my and i said wrong hand (laughs) (laughs) and i thought i thought oh you're so cute you you probably got like a little cracker jack ring or something you Mm -hmm. know like a little placeholder or something from like some he's in the music business like you got something at a trade show
1: (laughs) convention (laughs)
0: crap and like you're putting it on my finger (laughs) and then he said okay open your eyes and I looked down and it was um, it was a ring it was a ring ring
1: Mm. and he
0: (laughs) said will you marry me and I kind of freaked out I said what no come on like I couldn't get my head around it it was his mom's Ring. So he, it was just mm. floating around in a bag of uh, belongings that she, that he had gotten after she died a few years ago. So it wasn't in a box. There wasn't in a there wasn't a bow. There wasn't a big proposal. It just was really organic and really spontaneous. And
1: mm.
0: and and I couldn't. I was so flipped. And no one's ever asked me to marry them. And mm-hmm. again, I can tell you, I was freaking out because I thought, why? And I said to him, you know, we don't have to do this. We could just keep going because I was so fearful. Yeah, I, I I thought no, let's not ruin it. Let's not ruin it. Let's just keep going. And then the way we're going, and he said, no, 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 I want to marry you. Mm. That yeah. should tell you what, what I had been used to in life, and I, you know, and that's that was the beginning. The rest is sort of history.
1: Yeah. So it's, what's so interesting is I, I love your story and. The lessons to me are so clear, but probably not to the general public about who you had to become in order to attract this man. And also, your ability to set limits was really important, you know, to just say, no, I'm not moving in. I appreciate you did it with kindness and compassion, and you didn't do it as a command, which, again, there's no neediness in that. There's just expressing needs, and this is what people are terrible at. I have my clients filling out an operating manual that that's for them to write down how do I function best in life and how can I communicate that to the man in my life and what do I need. And so when you can express that, it's like gold. So he appreciated it. He proposed to you. You're like, come on. No, this is impossible. You're probably not going to want to stay with me. Um, so let's, let's take you back to your younger self and... Are there any any lessons you would like to teach the 20-year-old you um, that you found out later in life that got you ready to be married at 50?
0: Yes, I would say have um, a clearer vision of you don't have to know what you're going to be. You don't have to know exactly what you want, but try really hard to have some kind of a Vision of your future and what, who you are, and the kind of person that you ultimately would like to be and, and attract into your life. I didn't have, I didn't have that. I was all over the map. I didn't know. Uh, you know, you could blame a lot of things. You could blame. I had kind of lousy role role models. Um, my parents were divorced. I was six, six or seven. Uh, neither of them remarried. My, father, my dad finally did, um, just only about 20 years ago. Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, I was a latchkey child. I had no older brothers or sisters. I had no mentoring, no guidance. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of left to figure out the world on my own and figure out my own self-worth, which I didn't really have a handle on for a long time. I don't think I realized what I had and what my worth was and what my true value was until later, 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 later. And uh, I wish I could have gotten quiet and focused and centered and had the ability to do all those things, which I had no idea how to do those things because back then we didn't meditate. Mm -hmm. And kind of, at least just visualize a little bit of a road map or an action plan or something that would have been helpful mm-hmm. or be able to say to stop and look at myself and and get quiet enough inside to uh recognize and acknowledge how my greatness which i i I had no ability to, to, to self-reflect. I didn't know. I didn't know. I had no idea who I was and, and what mm-hmm. I was able to offer. Untethered, I would say. Untethered.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So like uh, that's that the word. advice I'd give. I would give to myself, you know, at 20 I would give to anybody else. Uh, it's not a bad mm-hmm. idea. And again, you don't, you know, it's, there's no way we're not psychic. We don't have a crystal ball, but what we can do, if you have the ability, the skills, the tools, if you, you're, if you, you know, and this is why we have shows like yours and shows like you know mine and blogs like mine mm-hmm. to be able to turn people on to um, things, ways, methods to get uh, clear, to get clarity. So sorry for the dark, the uh, barking dog. It's not mine. Okay.
1: Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the that's what I would probably say. And there's a whole lot more to that. Uh, but y- y- I wish I had the kind of the ability to just go, okay, then like, who am I? Look at me. Wow. Look what I got. Was unable to do that. Look at mm-hmm. all that I've been blessed with. Okay. Look what I can do with my life. Look what, where, you
1: know, uh, had no clue. Right. I think the self-worth piece is missing in most of us. I mean, that's why my whole focus is how to be a woman of value because we give up our value. We give up our value to others. We we suppress it. We not want to make ourselves small and make other people shine. And, um, and we don't even know what our worth is because especially if you're left alone. And have you done any... Um, any studying about attachment theory and how we attach to our partners? No. But I highly I recommend too? you. I will. Yeah, this I will. Is, you will be blown away. Um, so there's two good really really good books I recommend. One is Attached by Amir Levine, and I forgot his co-author. And the other one is called Wired for Dating, and I also forgot the author. Is one wired for love and wired for dating. And it's really about how we are hardwired from the time we are very small and how our caretakers take care of us. So if you grew up in a home like you did with a lot of um, avoidance, you know, your, your parents just kind of left you on your own in the latchkey and the divorce. So there was sort of a do-it-yourself environment that led you to be self-reliant instead of other-reliant and um and we call that the the avoidant um, okay, <laughs> so I think if you if you look at it, I think you'll you'll see yourself in in one of the attachment styles, and it'll make sense um yeah. why you were the way you were and how you had to heal within to have a more secure attachment style, which is what led you to Robbie who is it sounds like he has a secure attachment style um, that he <clears throat> yeah, so,
0: he, he also, well, he was a late-blooming groom, too, so uh, he, when I met him, n- never been married either. Mm, I pretty much married my yeah. male counterpart. He was 56, never been married.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. When I met him. I love I um, love it. I People need to hear stories like this because so many people come to me and say, I'm too old, Um, you know, I've lost my chance, life is over. And it's like, no. You did not You did not end your life today. Um, you still have a chance, and it's really, we have so much more power to achieve what we want when we have that focus. So like you said, you know, get that vision, know what you want, and see what the blind spots are, see what's in the way, like you did, and increase your self-worth, increase your self-love, and amazing things happen from that space. So, yeah, I would, yeah. you
0: just said something that, um, <clears throat> clicked uh, light bulb which is one off over my head the word power uh, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily associated you know you don't think with power and women you know it's not feminine it's not female but um, here's what I will say I wish I knew my potential earlier in life I wish I got had a sense of my own power in the world and I'm not saying that in a ball-breaking kind of way. Um, I'm mm-hmm. saying that in it's it's connected with self-worth and, and value. Um, yeah. That's important for women to feel somewhere, somehow, their own power. And um, because that will kind of save the day in a lot of – it would have saved the day had I been aware or equipped with the knowledge that I was capable competent, had the power uh, and, and i and I don't think I recognize that until way later in life, but I think it's doable mm-hmm. earlier much earlier
1: yeah absolutely I mean I'm raising children who know their who know their worth um, because I think we we get to change the legacy of the next generation if we have children or even the people we influence and the people who are in our spheres, For people like you who did not have children of your own. Um, it's such an important piece that we have this ability to change other people's lives by the lessons that we learn about our own life and how we, we wish something would have been in place for us. We get to help other people mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I just want to say before we go that the word power, um, it's interesting how you kept saying it's not negative, not not negative, um, because I think for women, women often, when you say the word power, it is looked at as you're a ball buster and you are this, this you know, bull in a china shop. And, and a lot of women who find their voices, especially later in life, are rageful, they are angry, they are in your face, they are they are abrasive. And that kind of power is not the kind of power we're talking about. That's, that's actually um, repulsive power to me. It's powering over people. It's powering in your face. But the kind of power that I teach is, is that softer version of mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. It's being powerful but not being overbearing. And that is a skill. And it's a skill that I love to teach because it's grace in its beauty, yeah. and it's, in its finest form, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not negative, and it's not masculine, and it needn't be no. used as, you know, a way to dominate. It's not about that. It's power and strength is, you know, those are two things I, as a fitness pro, I, I use every day with with my female clients, and it's a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. uh, what power and strength enable you to do uh you know we know what you, it enables you to do in this in the gym uh but out in outside the gym uh in terms of your your life is to have when you're when you have a sense of your own power you have the strength to ask for what you want you have yes. the 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 strength to get your needs met and to mm-hmm. say no or to say or to have the strength to say yes. And that's what I'm saying. That's how I, my interpretation of power and strength.
1: And I can see it in, in this discussion when you talked about how when Robbie asked you to move in with you, you didn't say it in a nasty way. You set a boundary in a graceful way. And you just said, this is what I need, you know. And if you can't meet it, that's okay. You know, it's like, I'm not forcing, I'm not nagging, I'm not pushing. I'm stating what I need. And if we could all do that, wow.
0: <laughs> what are yeah, sta- right? stating your stating your needs is uh, whoa, it's scary. It's really scary yeah. because you're putting it out there and you're you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're leaving yourself open for maybe rejection. Uh or, or you know, no. abandonment. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. it's really hard um to to say what you want, and to speak your truth, and to use your voice, and to to, to make your demands known—super um, scary. And I would say that's where the power comes in. So if you start training that muscle at an early age, it's it could only be a good thing.
1: hmm Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. We could go on and on. This whole. Last part of the discussion, I could talk about that for hours. I'm, I'm actually creating a whole new website called The Woman of Value, and I'm going to have a new podcast associated with it because this has become my passion, is to help women own their strengths and do it in a way that's feminine and has grace and learn to speak up, show up, and stand up for the things that matter. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the show right today, Carla. Right on, Bella. sister. And, I,
0: I, yeah. I love what you're doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you <coughs> so i let great. you know when it's live
0: yeah um, good for you yeah
1: thank you I'm glad we're aligned here in our purposes and um, tell our audience how they can find you and learn more about you
0: okay so um, you can get everything you need to know about me at my website which is com. so my blogs are there my podcasts are there like Like this one will be at at some point um, featured. Um, And then also you can find me and my husband at our radio show, which is com, And that is every Saturday from 12 to 1 Pacific time. But you can always uh, download it, get it on demand. And we go deep we we deep dive into dating we really do we were i mean the gamut from grooming you know from we just had an episode on manscaping and grooming to
1: to self
0: sabotage, <laughs> so
1: yeah we're covering yeah. it all, yeah, cool. Well, thank you, and good luck with, with all that you're, you're doing out in the world. Thank you for, for doing the beautiful work you're doing with your husband and with yourself, and um, and thank you for inspiring my audience to know that it's never too late to have the love that you want and deserve.
0: Oh, God, no. It's there. It's every day. <laughs> it's right around the corner, it everyone. It's right there, maybe just on your shoulder. Yeah. Look over your shoulder. <laughs>
1: It's hitting on the shoulder right it. now. That's right. You probably missed it quite a few times. Too. <laughs> uh, so answer the call when it comes. Uh, right. thanks again, Trevor. Thank you. And you got uh, it. Thank you. Th- yeah, thanks thanks everybody for listening today and if you do like our show, please rate us and review us wherever you listen to to this show, whether it's FM player or iTunes or google play or stitcher or tune in or wherever else we are um thank you again and i hope everybody goes on their last first date very soon have a great day